Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we are covering chapter 2 of the King Chronicles book 1, The Red Pyramid. Carter, an explosion for Christmas. I'd been to the British Museum before. In fact, I've been in more museums than I like to admit. It makes me sound like a total geek. That's Sadie in the background, yelling that I am a total geek. Thanks, sis. Anyway, the museum was closed and completely dark, but the curator and two security guards were waiting for us on the front steps. Dr. Kane! The curator was a greasy little dude in, cheap, in a cheap suit. I'd seen mummies with more hair and better teeth. He shook my dad's hand like he was meeting a rock star. Your last paper on Imhotep. Depp. Brilliant! I don't know how you translated those spells. Unho who? Sadie muttered to me. I'm Hotep, I said. High priest, architect. Some say he was a magician. To find the first step pyramid. You know. Don't know, Sadie said, but don't care. But thanks. Dad expressed his gratitude to the curator for hosting us on a holiday. Then he put his hand on my shoulder. Dr. Martin, I'd like you to meet Carter and Sadie. Ah, your son, obviously, and... The curator looked hesitantly at Sadie. And this young lady? My daughter, Dad said. Dr. Martin's stare went temporarily, temporarily blank. Doesn't matter how open-minded or polite people think they are, there's always that moment of confusion that flashes across people's faces when they realize that Sadie is part of our family. I hate it, but over the years I've come to expect it. The curator regained a smile. Yes, yes, of course. Right this way, Dr. Gade. We are very honored. The security guard locked the doors behind us. They took our luggage... Then one of them reached for Dad's work bag. Ah, oh, no, Dad said with a tight smile. I'll keep this one. The guard stayed in the foyer while we, as we followed the curator into the great court. It was an ominous. It was ominous at night. Dim light from the glass dome ceiling cast cross-hatched shadows across the walls like a giant spiderweb. Our footsteps clicked on the marble floor. So, Dad said, the stone. Yes, the curator said. Though I can't imagine what new information you could glean from it. It's been studied to death, our most famous artifact, of course. Of course, Dad said. But you may be surprised. What's he on about now, Sadie whispered to me. I didn't answer. I had a sneaking suspicion what stone they were talking about but I couldn't figure out why Dad would drag us out on Christmas Eve to see it. I wondered what he'd been about to tell us at Cleopatra's Needle. Something about our mother and the night she died. And why did he keep glancing around as he expected those strange people that we'd seen at the Needle to pop up again? We were locked in a museum surrounded by guards and high-tech security. No one could bother us in here, I hoped. We turned left into the Egyptian wing. 
The walls were lined with massive statues of the pharaohs and gods, but my dad bypassed them all and went straight for the main attraction in the middle of the room. Beautiful, my father murmured. And it's not a replica? No, no, the curator promised. We don't always keep the actual stone on display, but for you, this is quite real. We were staring at a black slab of grey dark rock about three feet tall and two feet wide. It sat on a pistol, encased in a glass box. The flat surface of the stone was chiseled with three distinct bands of writing. The top part was Egyptian. It was an ancient Egyptian picture writing. Hieroglyphics. The middle section, I had to rack my brain to remember what my dad called it. Demotic. Demotic. A kind of writing from the period when the Greeks controlled Egypt, and a lot of Greek words got mixed into Egyptian. The last lines were in Greek. The Rosetta Stone, I said. Isn't that a computer program? Sadie asked. I wanted to tell her how stupid she was, but the curator cut me off with a nervous laugh. Young lady, the Rosetta Stone was the key to the, the Rosetta Stone was the key to deciphering hieroglyphics. It was discovered by Napoleon's army in 1977, 19, 1799, and oh right, Daddy said, I remember now. I knew she was saying that dissing that shut him up, but my dad wouldn't let it go. Sadie, he said, this until the stone was discovered, regular mortals, uh, I mean, no one had been able to read hieroglyphics for centuries. The written language of Egypt had been completely forgotten. Then, an Englishman named Thomas Young proved that, that the Rosetta Stone, three languages, all conveyed the same message. A Frenchman, Champollion took up the work and cracked the code of hieroglyphics. Sadie chewed a gum, unimpressed. What's it say, then? Dad shrugged. Nothing important, basically a thank you letter from some priests to King Ptolemy V. The fifth. When it was first carved, the stone was no big deal. But over the centuries, it had become a powerful symbol. Perhaps the most important connection between Egypt and the modern world. I was fool enough to realize its potential sooner. He'd lost me, and apparently the curator too. Dr. Kane? he asked. Are you quite all right? Dad breathed deeply. My apologies, Dr. Martin. I was just thinking aloud. If I could have the glass removed, and could you bring me my papers, papers I asked for from your archives? Dr. Martin nodded. He pressed a small code into a remote control and the front gla box glass front of the glass box clicked open it will take a few minutes to retrieve the notes dr martin said for anyone else i would hesitate to grant unguarded access to the stone as you've requested i trust you'll be careful he glances at us kids like we were troublemakers we'll be careful that promised as soon as dr martin's steps receded dad turned to us with a frantic look in his eyes Children, this is very important. You have to stay out of this room. He slipped his work bag off his shoulder and unzipped it just enough to pull out a bike chain and paddock, padlock. Follow Dr. Martin. You'll find his office at the end of the great court on the left. There's only one entrance. 
Once he's inside, wrap this around the door, hide noodles, and lock it tight. We need to delay us. Delay him. You want us to lock him in? Sadie asked, suddenly interested. Brilliant! Dad, I said, what's going on? We don't have any time for explanations, he said. This will be our only chance. They're coming. Who's coming? Sadie asked. He took Sadie by the shoulder. Sweetheart, I love you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for many things. But there's no time now. If this works, I promise it'll make everything better for all of us. Carter, you're my brave man. You have to trust me. Remember, lock up Dr. Martin. Then stay out of this room. Chaining the curator's door was easy. But as soon as we finished, we looked back the way we'd come and saw blue lights streaming from the Egyptian gallery, as if our father had installed a giant glowing aquarium. Sally locked eyes on me. Honestly, do you have any idea what it's up to? None, I said. But he's acting strange recently. I think it's a lot about... I think mean, he's thinking a lot about Mum. He keeps her th- picture. I didn't want to say more. Fortunately, Sadie sounded like she nodded like she understood. What's in his work bag? She asked. I don't know. He told me to never look. Sadie raised an eyebrow. And you never did. God, that is so like you, Carter. You're hopeless. I wanted to defend myself, but just then the Trevor shook the floor. Startled, Sadie grabbed my arm. He told us to stay put. I suppose you're going to follow that order, too. Actually, that order was sounding pretty good to me. But Sadie sprinted down the hall, and after a moment's hesitation, I ran after her. When we reached the entrance of the Egyptian gallery, we stopped dead in our tracks. Our dad stood in front of the Rosetta Stone with his back to us. Blue circle glowed on the floor around him, as if someone had switched on neon tubes in the floor. My dad had thrown off his overcoat. His overcoat. His work bag lay open at his feet, revealing a wooden box about two feet long, painted with Egyptian images. What is he holding? Sadie whispered to me. Is that a boomerang? Sure enough, when dad raised his hand. He was brandishing a curved white stick. It did look like a boomerang, but instead of throwing the stick, he touched it to the Rosetta Stone. Sadie caught her breath. Dad was writing on the stone. Wherever the boomerang made contact, glowing blue lines appeared on the granite. Hieroglyphics. It made no sense. How could he write glowing words with a stick? But the image is bright and clear. Ram's horns above a box and an X. Open, Sadie murmured. Murmured. I stared at her because it sounded like she just translated the word. But that was impossible. I'd been hanging around Dad for years, and and even I could only read a few hieroglyphics. They are seriously hard to learn. Dad raised his arms. He chanted. Wasir, aye. And two more hieroglyphics appear burned against the blue, burned blue against the surface of the Rosetta Stone. As stunned as I was, 
I recognized the first symbol. It was the name of the god of the Egyptian god of death. Warseer, I whispered. I'd never heard it pronounced that way, but I knew what it meant. Osiris. Osiris, come, Sadie said, as if in a trance. Then her eyes widened. No, she shouted. Dad, no. Her father turned in surprise. He started to say, children, but it was too late. The ground lumbled, and the blue light turned to searing white. And there was a stone exploded. When I regained consciousness, the first thing I heard was laughter. Horrible, gleeful laughter, mixed with the blare of the museum's security alarms. I felt like I'd just been run over by a tractor. I, I sat up dazed and put a piece of Rosetta Stone out of my mouth. The gallery was in ruins. Rays of fire rippled in the pools along the floor. The giant had toppled. Sarcophagi had knocked out off the pedestals. The pieces of Rosetta Stone had exploded outward with such force that they'd embedded themselves in the columns, the walls, and the other exhibits. Sadie was past that next to me, but she looked unharmed. I shook her shoulder, and she grunted, Ugh. In front of her, in front of us, where the Rosetta Stone had been, stood a smoking, sheared-off pedestal. The floor was blackened in a starburst pattern, except for the blowing blue circle around our father. He was facing our direction, but he didn't seem to be looking at us. A bloody cut ran across the scalp. He gripped the boomerang tightly. I didn't understand what he was looking at. Then, the horrible echo, horrible laughter echoed around the room again, and I realized it was coming from right in front of me. Something stood between our father and us. At first, I could barely make it out. Just a flicker of heat. But as I concentrated, it took on a vague form. The fiery outline of a man. He was taller than Dad, and his laugh cut through me like a chainsaw. Well done, he said to my father. Very well done, Julius. You were not summoned! My father's voice trembled. He held up the boomerang, but the fireman flicked one way, and the stick flew, flicked one finger, and the stick flew from Dad's hand, shattering against the wall. I am never summoned, Julius, the man purred. But when you open a door, you must be prepared for guests to walk through. Back to the duet, my father roared. I have the power of the great king. Oh, scary, the fireman, fiery man said with amusement. And even if you knew how to use that power, which you do not, he was never my match. I am the strongest, and now you will share his fate. I couldn't make sense of anything, but... I knew that I had, I knew that I had to help my dad. I tried to pick up the nearest chunk of stone, but my I was so terrified. My fingers and my fingers felt numb and frozen. My hands were useless. My dad shot me a silent look of warning.
get out. I realized he was intentionally keeping the fireman's back to us, hoping Sadie and I would still, Sadie I would escape unnoticed. Sadie was still groggy. I managed to drag her behind the column into the shadows. When she started to protest, I clamped my hand over her mouth. That woke her up. She saw what was happening and stopped fighting. Alarms blared. Fire circled around the doorways of the gallery. Guards had to be on their way. But I wasn't sure if that's a good thing for us. My dad crouched to the floor, keeping his eyes on his enemy, and opened his painted wooden box. He brought out a small rod like a ruler. He muttered something under his breath, and the rod elongated into a wooden staff as tall as he was. Sadie made a squeaking noise, squeaking sound. I couldn't believe my eyes either, but things only got weirder. My dad threw the staff at his feet, at the fireman's feet, and it changed into an enormous serpent, ten feet long, and as big around as I was. With coppery scales and glowing red eyes, it lunged at the fireman, who effortlessly, effortlessly grabbed the serpent by its neck. The man's hand burst into hot white, white hot flames, and the snake burned into ashes. An old trick, Julius, the fiery man chided. My dad glanced at us, silently urging us to run. Part of me refused to believe any of this was real. Maybe I was just unconscious, having a nightmare. Next to me, Sally picked up a chunk of stone. How many? My dad asked quickly, trying to keep the fiery man's attention. How many did I release? Why all five? As if explaining something to a child, the man said. You should know where a package deals, Julius. As soon as soon, I'll release even more, and they'll be very grateful. I shall be named King again. The demon days, my father said. They'll stop you before it's too late. The fireman laughed. You think the house can stop me? <laughs> Those old fools can even stop arguing among themselves. Now that's a story we told anew. This time, you shall never rise. The fireman waved his hand. A blue box, the blue box, the blue circle at my dad's feet went dark. Dad grabbed for his toolbox, but it skittered across the floor. Goodbye, Osiris, the fireman said. With another flick of his hand, he conjured a glowing coffin around our dad. At first, it was transparent. But as our father struggled and pounded on its side, the coffin became more and more solid. An Egyptian sarcophagus in- inlaid with diamonds. Inlaid with jewels. My dad called my eyes one last time. Mouthed the word run before the coffin sank into the floor. As if the ground had turned to water. Dad! I screamed. Sally threw the stone. But it sailed harmlessly through the fireman's head. Fiery man's head. He turned and for one terrible moment. His face appeared in the flames. And what I saw made no sense. It was as if someone had imposed him, 
two different faces on top of each other. One almost human, with pale skin, cruel, angular features and glowing red eyes. The other, like an animal with dark fur and sharp fangs. Worse than a dog, or a wolf, or a lion. Some animal I'd never seen before. Those red eyes stared at me, and I knew I was going to die. Behind me, the heavy footsteps, behind me, heavy footsteps echoed on the marble floor of the great court. Voices were barking orders. Security guards, maybe the police, but they'd never get here in time. The fireman lunged at us, a few inches from my face, then something shoved him back. The air sparked with electricity. My amulet grew uncomfortable. The amulet around my neck grew uncomfortably hot. The fireman hissed, regarding me more carefully. So, it's you. The building shook again. At the opposite end of the room, part of the wall exploded in a brilliant flash of light. Two people stepped through the gap. The man and the girl we'd seen as an eagle. Their robes swirling around them. Both of them held staffs. The fireman snarled. He looked at me one last time and said, Soon, boy. Then the entire room erupted in flames. A blast of heat sucked all the air out of my lungs and I crumpled to the floor. The last thing I remember, the man with the forked beard and the girl with blue, in, the, in blue was standing over me. I heard the security guards running and shouting, getting closer. The girl crouched over me and drew a long curved knife from her belt. We must act quickly, she told the man. Nor yet, he said with some reluctance. His thick accent sounded French. We must be sure before we destroy them. I closed my eyes and drifted into unconsciousness. And that is the end of chapter two. The Red Pyramid. It was an interesting chapter, as we did see that uh, Dr. Julius Kane performed some sort of magic, and how the fireman had said, so it's you, which is interesting, because what does that mean? And also, the fact that he said, he said that Julius Kane is Osiris. Okay, so the next chapter we're going to be reading is Sadi, chapter 3, Imprisoned with My Cat. I will be reading that tomorrow. I'm just double checking how many pages it is. It is a slightly longer chapter. It is a 10 page chapter. But I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye!